0: Good evening, everyone. And a welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. If you're just joining us from 412 and Badlands Media on Taken Aback, thank you so much for making the jump over here. If you are just entering the chat I wouldn't mind it if you hit that like button or if you share the show out there for us we certainly would appreciate it we are also live simulcasting on the foxhole at pilled.net on rumble on twitter.com and uh, I think that would be it also oh no I'm sorry getter getter fam gotta say hi to getter all right so uh you may have heard uh, some of the content that uh We're going to be discussing today, if you were just joining us from over there on 412 and Badlands, but I've got a ton of additional information that I will be going over, and uh, it is a lot of pretty incredible stuff. So, uh, without further ado, I, I hope that you guys will enjoy this program. I hope that you will consider sponsoring or... Supporting the sponsors of this program, uh, of which there are a couple because they allow me to stay on the air and continue to produce free quality and analysis for you every single day. Uh, And uh, don't forget this weekend, we've got the new time for the live streams, 9 p.m. on both Friday and Saturday. We'll see you in just a moment. Let me put something into perspective for you guys. The U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its value since the 1970s. That's when the dollar was decoupled from gold. And the U.S. government seems hell-bent on continuing this tradition. So, from now until after the next elections, the government plans on printing as much money as they could ever possibly want. The last time they did that, inflation rose by 9%. So what about gold? Well, gold is the only asset that's been proven through time to withstand inflation. Invest in gold right now with Noble Gold Investments. And when you do, you'll get this free 24 karat one one-quarter-ounce gold standard coin for free with certain conditions. Go to my special website, redpill78gold.com right now. Once again, that's the link in the description, redpill78gold.com. Noble Gold is the only company I trust. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we begin, let me just give a couple of quick thank yous to the fam over there on Pilled.net, hanging out in the foxhole. Doug Simey, thank you for getting it started, dropping a pair of shades and some gold pills. Just duckies always here waiting for us and, and part of the conversation, dropping a cookie. And then Thick Ray... Truth is loose as always. Thank you so much for that cookie as well. All right, you guys. I think that uh, we are going to begin today with something that is a piece of good news that I hope will warm the cockles of your heart, so to speak, and uh, something that will bring you guys just some incredible joy. You know that my friend J.R. Majewski recently had to drop out of the 2024 race for Ohio's 9th district. That's because in the last race, he lost his father very close to the general election. Uh, Well, in in this uh, primary season, his mother came down uh, with uh, an illness and turns out that uh, she needed uh, some surgery on her heart, something that was uh, much more than they had initially expected. So, JR decided that the best thing to do, uh, because his mother needed him, was to drop out of the race and to focus on taking care of his family, which I totally respect and I absolutely understand. So we love JR and we want him in Washington, D.C., but I want him to know that he has given as much attention as he possibly can to the people that he loves and the people who support him. So I, I don't blame JR for dropping out of the race. His mother ended up having heart surgery. I believe she got a triple bypass uh, and uh, she came through with flying colors. So as a result of that surgery, uh, Donald Trump, of course, uh, the greatest president in the history of this nation, sent Jr.'s mother a handwritten note and an autographed hat, uh, both of them signed directly by Donald Trump, he said uh, to Miss Gail Majewski in Port Clinton, Ohio, Dear Gail, Melania and I are grateful to learn that your surgery was successful, and we send our best wishes for your continued care and complete comfort. We know that your loving family and dear friends will provide abiding strength and support during this challenging time. Your son, JR, is a fighter, and so are you. Our thoughts and prayers will remain with you for a full recovery. May God bless you and your beautiful family. Sincerely, Donald J. Trump. You know, this just, like, warms my heart to no end. The fact that President Trump would take the time out of his day uh, to, to write this letter, uh, to compose this letter, to sign it, to make sure that he sent a hat uh, to J.R.'s mom, you know, it just shows where his heart is. It shows the type of person that he is. I haven't seen uh, Joe Biden sending any personal notes to people, uh, wishing them well uh, after they had major surgery. Uh, I haven't seen Joe Biden doing much of anything other than stumbling up up and down stairs, uh, tripping over sandbags uh, and sniffing little girls. That's the legacy of Joe Biden. This is the legacy of Donald Trump, the heart of a true hero, someone who not only cares about this nation and wants to do the job for the right reasons, but a, a man who truly is what he projects out into the world. Let me go ahead and also say thank you to California Kimber, 1966, says, uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know that it's California, but it's C.A. Kimber, uh, who says, let's get it started here, too. Thank you very, very much for that. I really appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and anyways, you know, our, our prayers, our thoughts are with Jr., his mom, his entire family. Uh, please, you know, if you don't mind, head on over to Jr.'s Twitter, Let him know that you're thinking about him. Let him know that that we're praying for his mom. Uh, And uh, and hopefully sometime in the near future, we can get Jr. to Washington, D.C. Uh, I think that there's a number of different ways that can happen, Uh, but we're going to make sure that it happens regardless. Now, the next subject that I would like to talk about uh, is uh, is also about Donald Trump and about Washington, D.C., Uh, And I think that it's high time that we did what we could to identify who Donald Trump's likely vice presidential nominee would be, because very soon the president is going to have to announce that. Now, uh, I was thinking about this and I was actually talking to Jr. about this last night, and we were saying that Byron Donald's would make uh, a hell of a choice. Now, I know that he's uh, a new politician. But based upon that one fact, that's why I like him. I don't think he's been in Washington long enough to be poisoned by the machinery of the deep state swamp. And he and Donald Trump are very close. Byron was the first congressman to uh, 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 to say to his supporters and uh, to support Jr. to give him his endorsement. So that goes a long way with me. Uh, I think that Byron Donald's being such a a staunch supporter of Donald Trump, uh, the fact that he's 100 percent America first, 100 percent MAGA. uh, And of course, you know, he's going to tick other boxes, too. But I think that he would be a great choice for vice president. And Byron has stated outright that he would choose to accept this position if Donald Trump offered uh, him the job. He says uh really uh you could really help shape the country. But Byron Donald's uh his presence in Washington DC although brief uh, has been powerful and and it's been impactful uh he's been out there helping to advance the america first agenda i'm sure you've seen him uh speaking in Congress in uh, these recent committees where they're trying to uh, get to the heart of the corruption uh and uh and 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 I think that many people have suggested to him that perhaps he could end up being the v p pick. I'll tell you another reason I like Byron Donald. I don't get the I don't get the feeling that he's out there trying to convince Donald Trump to pick him. You know, you take a look at the Republican field and oftentimes uh, the people who are vying for the job of vice president, they tend to be brown nosers. Uh, They ingratiate themselves into Donald Trump's presence. Uh, or perhaps they uh, they attempt to uh, to run against him in the hopes that Donald Trump will take notice of them and their leadership and their initiative and then choose them. Byron Donalds has just been doing his job. He's been representing the people. Uh, Backdoor Biden says, finally catching you live. A little tip to support you in your channel. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you that, buddy. Is this the first time you've seen? I mean, I know I've seen you on Badlands, but uh, anyways, I'm glad that you're here. Either way, either way. So, although Byron Donalds would take this job, he is uh, not focused on it entirely. He he is focused on representing the people and doing the job that they elected him for. He said, uh, you know, you would have the opportunity to do really powerful things for the country and really help shape the country. But I'm a member of Congress. I just do my job. I let everybody else speculate on the other stuff. That's the kind of work ethic that I really appreciate. Now, Byron's background. Uh, He was raised by a single mother in Brooklyn. Uh, He was uh, one of five black Republicans in Congress. He's widely viewed as a rising star. Byron Donald's could end up being president Sometime in the future, if he plays his cards right and he uh, continues to represent the people, Uh, he's done uh, great work as a Florida congressman uh, in uh, the finance and and banking world is where he worked before he came to Congress. He's on the Financial Services Committee now. Uh, He's joined in on uh, the probe of the Biden crime family in the Oversight Committee. Uh, Byron Donalds is uh, is a rising star. uh, And I think that the left hate him. Uh, Not only because he's a Republican and he's, uh, you know, following in the footsteps of Donald Trump. But also because he's a black Republican and he defies the, uh, the 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 description that they would place on him and and so many others. The idea that a black Republican must be an Uncle Tom. Uh, but of course, that's not what he is. And uh, it's the Democrats themselves who are oftentimes the most racist. Uh, Corey Mills, who is a, a Florida representative as well, says, I can tell you that he's probably one of the more competent members that you'll find throughout all of Congress. Not only because he understands how to do the job, uh, but based upon his experience, he has used it in the course of his job. I've seen him on the Financial Services Committee uh, going after things uh, because he has the the knowledge and the understanding of it. And it, it's it served him very, very well. So uh, he would be a good balance to, uh, to President Trump. Here is Byron Donalds and POTUS together. Let's see what that chemistry is like. As they're getting themselves a Sammy. And he's tall, too, just like POTUS. All right. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Do you think Byron Donalds would be a good pick for VP? Do you think there's somebody else out there who would be better? You know, I know we've talked openly about General Flynn before, but the word on the street that I've heard is that there is a bigger job for General Flynn in President Trump's new administration than simply being the vice president. Let's be honest. You know, the vice president, all they need to do is show up to sign things when Donald Trump can't sign things and to support the president. Since Flynn knows where the bodies are buried, He needs to be in a position to dig up those bodies. Uh, So we're talking, I think, something more akin to perhaps uh, FBI director, uh, even uh, director of the CIA, something in intelligence. Uh, What if he's sitting on the National Security Council? You know, there's all any number of things that uh, Flynn could do. Um. Uh. So, Sweet Pea says apparently Biden just activated Operation Atlantic Resolve against Russia. Let me. I'm, I'm not familiar with Operation Atlantic Resolve, Sweet Pea. So let's go ahead and get that pulled up. I was going to talk about Ray Epps next, but this sounds like it might be important. Um, refers to military activities in response to Russian operations in Ukraine. So that sounds like this is actually something that's been ongoing uh, since April of 2014. The deployment of ready combat combat credible U.S. forces to Europe in support of Atlantic resolve is evidence of the strong and unremitting U.S. commitment to NATO and Europe. So uh, if this has been happening since April of 2014 uh, with officially – Several thousand soldiers that have been deployed. Um, perhaps the coverage that you're mentioning, Sweet Pea, uh, is uh, is just an open admission of the expansion of Atlantic Resolve. I mean, if you take a look back at the information released by Jack Tixera, uh, the uh, the young man who recently released all of those uh, plans regarding the Spring Offensive on Discord. I mean, that paperwork said that there were U.S. troops in Ukraine uh, that had so far been unacknowledged. So uh, let me go ahead and see if I can find anything else. Uh, Joe Biden, Operation Atlantic Resolve activated. Let me see this. Okay, so this is July 13th from the White House press briefing room. By the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, including Sections 121 and 12304 of Title 10, United States Code, I hereby determine that it is necessary to augment the active armed forces of the United States for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve in and around the United States European Command's area of responsibility. In furtherance of this operation, under the stated authority, I hereby authorize the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of Homeland Security with respect of the Coast Guard when it is not operating as a service in the Navy under their respective jurisdictions – To order to active duty any units and any individual members not assigned to a unit organized to serve as a unit of the selected reserve or any member in the individual ready reserve mobilization category and designed as essential under regulations prescribed by the secretary concerned not to exceed 3000 total members at any one time of whom not more than 450 members of the individual ready reserve as they deem necessary and to terminate the service of those units and members ordered to active duty. This order is intended to and does not create any right or benefit, substantive or procedural, enforceable at law or in equity by any party against the United States, its departments, agencies or entities, its officers, employees or agents of any other person. So that sounds to me like uh, Biden is calling up uh, to active duty members of the Coast Guard and sending them to Europe uh, to back up NATO. Uh, that's kind of interesting. I, it sounds to me uh, like it's giving material support to NATO for a possible war that may be breaking out against Russia. Um This could very easily be posturing, guys, and I don't want uh, anybody to get too worked up about it. Um, I I think that one of the aspects of bringing the United States to its knees, and and not the the republic, but, I mean, the deep state running the United States. If we're going to bring them to their knees, uh, the United States has to collapse, and I think that we need to believe, at very least— that we're under the threat of uh, potential World War Three, And I truly believe that's where we're at. Uh, Biden uh, showing any type of military aggression, uh, any assistance over and above what we've already given to Ukraine, I-, I think that pushes us closer to that. You know, Biden made an interesting comment yesterday when meeting with uh, Volodymyr Zelensky um, that the assistance given to Ukraine by the United States outweighs the collective assistance given by every other nation on earth. Now, that shouldn't be surprising because, as we've said before, this is not a war between Ukraine and Russia. This is a proxy war between the United States and NATO-aligned nations and Russia. Uh, so considering the fact that uh, the United States essentially writes a blank check to NATO and all those other European countries uh, thumb their nose at us and refuse to pay their fair share, uh, I am not surprised at all. But thank you very much for that, Sweet Pea. That's definitely something uh to go ahead and take keep an eye on. Serter says, uh, Zach, this proves Biden is not in control of the Marines. We can be sent out up to 90 days by the POTUS without a congressional act of war. <clears throat> this proves Biden is not in control of the Marines. So are you saying because because he didn't specifically call up the Marines and is instead calling up the Coast Guard? I, I can I can see that. I can see how that would work. Um, but I also think that the Coast Guard is not really – they're not like a military outfit, right? I mean like they're part of the service, uh, the armed services, right? But I mean like they're the Coast Guard. It's not the same – nowhere near the same as like the Marines. OK, so I'm on the right track there. Um, yeah, NATO is definitely trying to set off World War III. The the real unknown quantity here is is Russia. Is Russia going to have the? Uh, are they going to have the patience? Are they going to have the uh, perseverance to uh, protect Russia itself, but not allow it to go to the point of World War Three? I think that NATO is going to continue to push them as far as they can, but 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 at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, there are only so many able-bodied men that are working and living in Ukraine, you know, and we can't, we can't be sending all of our troops to Ukraine to be the ones to fight against Russia. We can have people behind the scenes. We can have people, you know, at strategic points offering material assistance to Ukraine. Um, But at a certain point, Ukraine is going to run out of people. They're going to run out of able-bodied men. And when that happens, uh, it's going to be very difficult uh, to continue on with this fight. Um, I think that we I think what's going to happen is that we're going to basically get to a point of a stalemate. Uh, Russia is, you know, they they, they don't want this conflict to continue on uh, unabated and unending. Uh, And uh, in Ukraine, they will be forced to bring it to a conclusion at some point. Uh, I think that as long as Russia continues to protect themselves and to push back Uh, on the inferior military capabilities that uh, ukraine is presenting i think that we're going to be okay but nato and the united states are certainly going to try to push this to the brink of world war three vector good to see you buddy he says that they deal in human trafficking and drug smuggling uh army navy air force marines coast guard space force yes yes Uh, Let me say thank you very much to Duda Man. Byron is a successful businessman, much like Trump, but both from Florida. That's right. Uh, if Byron Donalds becomes the VP, Donald Trump would have to move his permanent residence to say Bedminster and you know out of uh, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, L K W Cross says thank you for all of the current news. I love it. Thank you so much, L K W Cross. Appreciate you hanging out with us for a couple hours today. Spirit five five four. Thank you for that cookie. P Quest. Good to see you. Thanks for that cookie and Scout sixty five. Thank you for that cookie as well. All right. I just want to say thank you to Sweet Pete for. Uh, getting themselves <laughs> Tennessee Jed. Nobody mutes themselves better than RP. Hey, 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 I feel like I've done pretty good with the muting in recent months. I don't know. You guys tell me. All right. So I, I learned about this story last night while I was on the air with Brad. We were talking about uh, uh, altered states and uh, the the unequal system of justice. It was a great episode. I highly suggest you guys go check it out. If you haven't seen it yet, I think we do great work. I love having the conversations with Brad on Wednesday nights. I love having the conversations with John on Monday nights. Uh, And uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, But Ray Epps, Ray Epps recently filed a defamation lawsuit against Fox News. Now, I tend to think that there's a bit of a kind of, you know, chum blood in the water. We just had this, uh, uh, this, this, defamation settlement between Fox News and uh, Dominion voting systems. Uh, not certain that they've actually paid that $787 million or how that's all going to play out. Uh, I would be surprised if they just paid it all at once, if they didn't try to pay it out in, uh, in you know, sums over time. Um, but uh, but because of that defamation uh, um, decision that was made and, and the uh, the compromise that was come to between Fox and Dominion, I think Ray Epps... Uh, sees that or uh, you know, has seen it, and certainly his lawyers uh, want to do whatever they can to clear his name, because it was also mentioned in that suit that the DOJ, back in, uh, in May of this year, had let Ray Epps know that they were seeking to charge him criminally. Now, this is a major about-face, right? I mean, this is an absolutely incredible, incredible change of plot right here, because Anybody who has been paying attention to this, and believe me, you know we have, we've been following the events of January 6th, the, uh, the, the, the inordinate amount of pressure that's been put on patriots, uh, the, uh, the, the political persecution of January 6th defendants, and the continuous free pass given to people like John Sullivan and Ray Epps. Ironically, John Sullivan is living in Ukraine right now as a war correspondent. You know, I mean, like, John, I wish I wish you safety and security. You know, I hope that the the Russians don't bomb your location and uh, and 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 remove you from the situation. But uh, I think that John Sullivan had a major part to play in the events that took part, took place on January 6th. We've covered him a lot. Ray Epps is the exact same way. He's the only one that I'm aware of. In fact, both of these guys are the only ones that I'm aware of who, before the Capitol events on January 6th, made any statements online, uh, like in text or in video, stating that, They thought it's a good idea to go into the Capitol or that they were attempting to incite a riot and get people to go into the Capitol organically. You know, Ray Epps on Baked Alaska's stream uh, the night before January 6th, uh, he was uh, quoted as saying – the following. He said, we're here to defend the Constitution. Baked Alaska responds, right. And what did our founding fathers do in 1776 over a tax on tea, which is much less than this BS, dude? And Epps said, yeah, well, we're we're far beyond that. We're far beyond that. You know that. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, then let's not say it. And Epps says, we need to, we need to go I'll say it. We need to go into the Capitol. And the streamer says, let's go. We need to go in the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. And then Ray Epps's attorney tells us that uh, he was now suing Fox News because Fox News claimed, based upon Ray Epps's own words, based upon the the, the multitude of various video clips all over the Internet, uh, that Likely, Ray Epps was a federal agent. Now, it wasn't Fox News, the entity. It was Tucker Carlson working at Fox News. And I was explaining to 412 in the last hour uh, that a large news organization like that is going to require their um, uh, their people to have a type of insurance policy that indemnifies them against statements like this that could be considered defamatory or false, Um. This is actually something that I'm going to be getting here uh, very shortly. It's uh, something that I've kind of put off for a long time uh but I feel like you know we're at the point where uh, uh it, it's a it's a safe bet I'm I may need it uh and you know when we're talking about something like uh Ray Epps and, and who he is he's allegedly a fed I mean that's what everybody says that's what they were saying on the clip uh when Ray Epps was first telling people to go into the uh, uh the Capitol building uh he appears to be a fed because he got a free pass from the FBI he appears to be a fed because the uh, mainstream media uh, held him al- aloft as some kind of folk hero, like he, he was a victim of a, a right wing conspiracy, uh, believing that he was somehow responsible. Well, Ray Epps is the only person I know who, in a text message, said that he organized this thing. He's the only guy who whispered in the ear of people on January 6th and told them to break through the barricades. Uh, Ray Epps is the only person who was directly implicated in the events of January 6th, who, as far as I know, got a total pass from the FBI and the DOJ. So now, two and a half years later, Ray Epps is believing that he's going to be charged. And so he's suing Fox News for defamation. It's maybe an easy payday that he could get. He's going to need a lot of money if the FBI and the DOJ are charging him for the events of January 6th. Uh, and, uh, and he's going to need that money because he's going to have to defend himself. Now, uh, when I was speaking with 412, with, with Adel earlier, You know, I truly believe that the FBI and the DOJ have had their hand forced because the attention paid to Ray Epps by both the uh, uh, independent media on the right and the independent media on the left has been fairly comprehensive. Everyone since day one has been asking the same question, right? Why is Ray Epps not charged? Okay, tell me one logical reason I can think of one. If he's a Fed, then, of course, they're not going to charge him. Now, I'm not saying that Ray Epps is employed by the government. He doesn't have like a badge or anything like that, but it's possible Ray Epps could be a paid, uh, uh, I guess, instigator, a paid agitator, an agent provocateur, working off books, but still receiving a tidy sum to do what he did on January 6th. Allegedly, that's exactly how it would work if you were being paid under the table uh, to incite a riot uh, getting a bunch of people who are already upset about a situation and inflaming it and forcing people to break through barricades and go inside the Capitol. You know, Ray Epps lied about where he was. Uh, he claimed that he didn't instigate this stuff. We have all of the evidence. It's obvious he did. So because of all the attention that's been paid to Ray Epps, because of Tucker Carlson's coverage about Ray Epps, because of our coverage about Ray Epps, because of uh, the the independent media on the left's coverage of Ray Epps, we have come to a point where it's easier for the DOJ and the FBI to now sacrifice Ray Epps and uh, essentially uh, slit his throat on the altar of uh, expediency. OK, uh, they can put Ray Epps up for charges. They can convict him and they can throw away the key and nobody will ever know that he did any work allegedly for the federal government. Uh, Maybe they'll try to bring that out in discovery, but I think it's highly likely that they could just place a gag order on the whole thing, make it a secret court proceeding and nobody would ever know exactly what happened. Ray Epps would just simply be charged he would be thrown away and given the same type of treatment that Stuart Rhodes and others have been given. And perhaps they would send him away for a lot longer than what they've sent Stuart Rhodes away for. So I think that uh, if it wasn't for the fact that the FBI and the DOJ had their back against a wall, uh, then they would just continue to ignore this. But in the same way that uh, all of these various conspiracies are being proven to be true, all of these issues of corruption and malfeasance within the federal government are bringing unwanted attention to the operations that they need to have continue so they can maintain that control and continue to brainwash the American public, uh, they are now being forced uh, to release one of their own, uh, you know, give up a sacrificial lamb, and when they do, they can continue to uh, tell America the lie that Uh, There were no federal agents or agents of the federal government inside that crowd on January 6th. Uh, Listen, we have a ton of more stories to bring up right now. I just see we got a a big group of people coming in over there on the Rumble chat. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We've got another sponsor from this program, and then we're going to be right back after this. According to the CDC, 73.6% of adults are overweight, with a further 40% of those adults in the obese category. Now, this is why I highly recommend including this amazing supplement in your daily routine. It contains naturally sourced ingredients straight from the earth to support weight loss. Its main ingredient is called conjugated linoleic acid, or CLA for short. It's been shown to reduce fat storage while speeding up the breakdown of the fat that you do have. The CLA and this product is essentially hindering your body's ability to store fat in favor of supporting your body's ability to burn that fat and break it down. Try it today for 51% off, plus get several free bonuses. You can order right now by going to my special link, TrimWithRed.com, or just click the link in the description box below. Once again, that's TrimWithRed.com, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Right, so before we go on to the next subject, there are two possible outcomes for Ray Epps being charged. Either the FBI and the DOJ want to keep Ray Epps quiet and take him out of this scenario so that they can continue the lie, or they want to do the exact same thing with him that they're doing with Hunter Biden and show the American people that uh, he may be guilty, but he's going to get some type of incredible leniency, still allowing them to keep this quiet. <clears throat> Uh, either way, I think that what's important is that it's going to show the American people once again, that we have a system of justice that is not equally applied. You take a look, uh, and I, a white knight suggested that Ray Epps was just, uh, uh, exercising his first amendment rights. He was exercising his first amendment rights, uh, when he was speaking publicly about things, but, we're talking about an organized event. Uh, Ray Epps was not simply exercising his First Amendment rights. He was coordinating events to elicit a response from people on January 6th. It's akin to yelling fire in a crowded building. The reason that uh, I suggest Ray Epps should be prosecuted is you take a look at uh, the prosecutions of people like Brandon Straka. Brandon Straka uh, said, go. Okay, when people were uh moving forward in a crowd. He never went into the Capitol uh and uh he was charged with a whole bunch of stuff, okay. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. Ray Upps actually told people to break the barricades. He was telling people for the last uh, 24 hours that they were going to go into the Capitol. He went inside the Capitol. It was a restricted area, and he lied about where he was. Uh, he has continually lied about what he was doing on that day. But more than anything, he did way more than many of the people who were given decades in prison and the FBI gave him a total pass. OK, so that indicates to me that it's likely that Ray Epps was not acting in uh, in an individual capacity and he wasn't simply exercising his First Amendment rights. He was part of a psychological operation that was designed to inflame people that were there to peacefully protest, to make their voices heard, uh, to uh, highlight the corruption and, and the uh, corrupt nature of our federal government. Uh so we have people who were taken advantage of <clears throat> and who were led to commit acts that could be used against them. Uh for that very reason I think Ray Apps deserves uh to get what's coming to him. Um at the end of the day, I, I think that uh the, the events of January sixth were orchestrated on so many different levels, and the people who have been charged and uh and given you know just incredible sentences. Treated very unfairly. Uh, They never should have been. Uh, This should never have been the case. But if we expect justice to be applied in the same way uh, across the board, regardless of who you are, regardless of your political persuasion, uh, then we must demand that Ray Epps be treated exactly the same way as those other people. Uh, I think that once President Trump comes back, The the gentlemen that have been put in prison uh, and treated so unfairly, they can get full pardons and uh, they'll go home. For somebody like Ray Epps, who I think it's likely was working on behalf of uh, elements of the federal government that were working to undermine President Trump and undermine uh, the fabric of our movement. I think he deserves to go to prison so uh, we can go ahead and uh, move on after that. Uh, So hang on just a second. I need to say thank you to... Uh, Eleanor, 2020, who says uh, this is for your trip to the debates in August, Zach. I agree with Cat Turd. Epps' arrest will be for show. He has a Clinton lawyer. Oh yeah, and who who's paying for that Clinton lawyer? Isn't that the question? Uh, obviously, Ray Epps has uh, some some uh, uh, some big names behind him. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't be working with uh, somebody like that. Um, so yes, thank you very much, you guys. I got invited to the Rumble rnc debate in milwaukee on august 23rd i don't know how many people who are have channels on rumble have been invited to that um but uh i had to rsvp and apparently it's like an exclusive thing so like i get to go there and meet people and i don't really know exactly what's going to happen but i'll likely be doing like on the spot reporting for this channel and for yes allegedly it's the word of the year yes it's totally true I just got to be very careful because I don't have that insurance yet, and I don't want Ray Epps coming after me for defamation because, uh, you know, allegedly that's what people do. But I'm just going to keep making sure I I preface everything I say with allegedly. So, yeah, um, I am going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on August 23rd for the first RNC debate. I don't know if President Trump's going to be there. I don't know who is planning on being there. Uh, But considering the fact that uh, that Rumble is going to be the exclusive Streaming partner for that, uh, I think that there's an opportunity for me. You know, I mean, like I think that'll be super cool, and whatever I can do to 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 get my name and my channel out there, uh, so that uh, I can uh, I can be part of this world and and not made to feel like I'm some I don't know uh, outlier on the outskirts. I mean, we're talking about serious political analysis here. We're talking about trying to understand the nature of the beast. In Washington, D.C., and expose the deep state for what it is. It is an invading force that has taken over our government, instituted an illegitimate authoritarian regime that seeks to destroy our civil rights and liberties and uh, to create what is essentially the communist states of America. I'll be damned over my dead body. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Uh, So, On on the notes of uh, people getting away with uh, far too much here in the United States of America, Uh, in the same way that Ray Epps has been given a pass thus far, although it may look like that's changing, Hunter Biden is also another individual who gets a pass at virtually every juncture. Uh, It would appear that the Secret Service has concluded their investigation into the cocaine that was found in the West Wing. And guess what, guys? Guess what? No suspect has been identified. Why? Because the cocaine was found in a blind spot for surveillance cameras. Answer me this. Riddle me this, Batman. How did the person who snuck cocaine into the White House know where a blind spot would be? I mean, that seems like sources and methods, right? That sounds like. Uh, Something that you could only figure out if maybe you had access to the security schematics of exactly where those cameras were. Uh, So somebody, don't know who, just happened to sneak cocaine into the White House earlier this month, and they are unable to determine who it was. You know, by garnet, there are so many cameras all over the White House, and the person who snuck this cocaine in knew exactly where to stash it so that nobody would ever Have the ability to see. Wow, isn't that just a really convenient thing to say? Also, I think it's worth mentioning there's no fingerprints on that cocaine, although you would have to use your hands to uh, grab that baggie and uh, put it all together. There's also no DNA samples. Wow. Wow, this this must be a, a new type of human being, uh, a really sophisticated cocaine-snorting machine like Hunter Biden, uh, leaving no fingerprints, leaving no DNA. This is a brand new world, guys, and it is 2023 after all. So this is a report coming out of CNN, and you can imagine they're very excited to uh, let you know that the Secret Service... Cannot figure out who left cocaine at the White House. The Secret Service has concluded its investigation into the small bag of cocaine. It's cocaine. Nonetheless, anybody out there who has had any experience with cocaine knows that there's nothing like a bag of cocaine that's hidden away someplace. In order to do that, you've got to be a serious drug addict. So minimizing the amount doesn't work for me. It's still cocaine. Found at the White House, has been unable to identify a suspect. Two sources familiar with the investigation told CNN. Secret Service officials, combed through visitor logs and surveillance footage of hundreds of individuals who entered the West Wing in the days preceding the discovery. And they were unable to identify a suspect, one of the sources said. They were also unable to identify the particular moment or the day when the baggie was left inside the West Wing cubby near the lower level entrance where it was discovered. We do have more information than what CNN is letting on, though. Uh, The second source said that the leading theory remains that it was left by one of the hundreds of visitors who entered the West Wing that weekend for tours and were asked to leave their phones inside those cubbies. I'm just going to say this, too. If you're a cocaine addict, you're not going to accidentally drop a bag of cocaine into a secure area where you may or may not be able to get it later. If you're leaving cocaine there, it's because you know you're coming back and you're going to get your hands on that again. Now, the surveillance where the bag was found, uh, the cameras are not trained directly on the West Wing Cubbies. That seems like a major security lapse to me. Uh, I doubt that that's actually the case. I mean, I would think that anybody uh, coming and going from the White House, if they're going to be storing something in that area, the cameras would be trained right on them. Uh, Now uh the uh, uh the difficulty to identify that baggie remains uh a, a sole a sole issue with the security lacking in that area so uh it's totally ridiculous to imagine that anybody other than hunter biden would have uh brought this cocaine into the white house tim burchett right here uh posted this after having uh, a meeting in congress with the Secret Service. He says, apparently our Secret Service has no clue or won't tell who brought cocaine into the White House and they're just giving up. Hey
1: everybody, Tim Burchett just left the most ridiculous meeting of all time with the Secret Service over the cocaine that was found in the uh, in the White House. So it turns out they don't know who did it. The investigation's going to be over at the end of the week and they're not going to find out who, who did it. And that's basically it. Another cover up, you know, it's the most secure building in the entire world. You can't go in there. They have facial identification. They had you got to give your social security number. Nobody, even the press, nobody goes in there without them knowing this is a bad look on the Secret Service and a horrible look on this White House. So more cover ups
0: continue. So. What Tim just said there. They had a meeting with the Secret Service. Secret Service came and briefed Congress about the cocaine that they found there. Uh, Now, the one major aspect of that meeting to come out that is not being very widely reported is that this is not the first time that cocaine has been discovered inside Joe Biden's White House. Not once, not twice, but this is the third time And it's not even during the entirety of Joe Biden's residency in the White House. This is since 2022. So in the last six and a half months, they found cocaine three times. Now, I ask you, uh, what was special about those six and a half months? Well, I mean, Hunter Biden has been living in the White House during that time, so I would imagine that maybe it has something to do with Hunter Biden's presence. So Lauren Boebert revealed that uh, after this Secret Service briefing they received, uh, they announced to Congress that cocaine that was discovered on July 2nd was not the first incident. It was two other incidences in the last year. Uh, We have uh, been... All of us waiting with bated breath to to see if the Secret Service was ever going to admit that it was Hunter Biden. And of course, of course, they're not going to admit it. As Tim Burchett said, this is another cover up. It's ridiculous to believe that with the, the amount of security present in the White House, with the facial recognition, with the visitor log books that they have, uh, with all of those cameras, that they wouldn't be able to see who came and left that cocaine. Now, even if they didn't have a camera trained on that cubby to see exactly who the person was. You know, there's cameras on the way there. There's cameras on the way out. So they could see every single person who came within a very close vicinity of that cubby. And as a result of the fact that it's a locked, secure cubby, that indicates that only certain people would have the ability to lock that stuff up. So Lauren Boebert right here after her briefing where it was announced by the Secret Service that this is the third instance of cocaine being found inside Joe Biden's White House. Can you imagine if President Trump's White House had cocaine strewn around it willy-nilly? I mean, they were clamoring to try to attribute some type of security violations to the Trump White House, and we've had nothing but since Joe Biden took up residency,
1: Hey everyone, I am on my way into this restricted area uh, to go into a skip to learn
2: about the unclassified uh, information regarding the cocaine that was found at the White House. Um, I'm meeting with Secret Service agents and I am determined to find out exactly what happened, where the substance came from, who is allowed in the White House without uh, going through security and um, and more importantly, why members of Congress are uh, forced into a skiff where classified information is regularly shared, and this is an unclassified subject. So stay tuned. I
1: will have more information for you shortly.
0: What a snow job! <laughs> I was informed in this morning's SCIF meeting that the cocaine culprit investigation will be terminated with more than 500 potential perpetrators remaining. We cannot allow this to happen. The American people deserve to know who smuggled cocaine into the White House. Uh, three times, this is the third time that drugs have been found in the White House property since 2022, we did not even hear about the marijuana. Oh, apparently it's not just cocaine. There are other forms of drugs. I certainly did not hear about that marijuana that was found in 2022 two times, and now there's cocaine on the property. So everything they do is to move you along to the next story. They know there will be another Biden crime crisis. Uh, I think that's the only thing that we can say with certainty now, of course, as we've said since the beginning, the Biden White House, Corinne Jean-Pierre, and the press pool have done what they could, to try to distance the Biden family from this cocaine. The narrative has shifted so many different times. You know, initially they said they found it one place. Then they admitted that it was found someplace else. They said that the Bidens weren't there when the cocaine was found. uh, And then it turns out they actually were on the property. Uh, The the narrative keeps shifting on this. Now, the, uh, the White House says that this cocaine could have been there for hours, for days or for months. But I remind you that this is a locker with a key found in the West Wing. And uh, with the idea of the Secret Service doing regular security sweeps, looking through all of these various places where things can be hidden, I find it very difficult to believe that hours, days, or months is a legitimate reason uh, to uh, uh, to blow this off. I mean, it's more likely that this cocaine was recently dropped in there because the Secret Service is doing sweeps all the time. Uh, so according to the uh, White House, uh, the revelation that uh, this cocaine was found on July 2nd is a complete destruction of their narrative. Uh, The Bidens being away for a long weekend uh, is not something they can use as an excuse to cover this up. The Bidens were there uh, with no cameras aimed at the lockers. It seems likely that somebody had knowledge of exactly what security procedures were in place. And the only people who would have that knowledge would be, the Bidens themselves or uh, people very, very close to them, perhaps their direct uh, staffs, the people that are, are working directly for them and uh, covering their um... <laughs> hang on just a second. This is a uh, uh, a question asked by Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, where she says that it's irresponsible to even ask questions about this.
2: Hi, um, I'm wondering if you have any comment about um, recent crime in DC. It's, it's raising rates. We've, we've lost uh, an SIV applicant from Afghanistan um, in the most recent killings. Um, really tragic. Wondering what the White House has to say about that. And then secondly, um, <laughs> sorry to bring up cocaine again, but um, the but. A question yesterday during the press gaggle with um, Andrew Bates that was, I guess, he said that it had. He, did, he was avoiding it because of the Hatch Act i'm just asking again can you just say once and for all whether or not the cocaine belonged to the biden family so (laughs) a couple of things there um he mentioned the hatch act because the question was posed to him in the donald in using Donald Trump, and so he was trying to be very mindful. Uh, uh, okay, I, I hear you, but you're asking me a question, so I'm answering it for you. She's really testy, isn't um, And so that's why she? he said the Hatch Act. So I a would I would, you know, have you read the transcript and read the transcript fully so you can see exactly what he was trying to say. So that's number one. So we're not avoiding the question. That is not true. We've answered this question litigated this question for the last two days exhaustively um you know there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family and mm-hmm. uh, and so i got to call that out here and i have been very clear i was clear uh, 2 days ago when talking about this over and over again as i was being asked a question as you know and media outlets reported this the Biden family was not here they were not here they were
0: survey says That's a lie. Uh, They were actually in the White House at the time. Uh, The only thing that's irresponsible is allowing an Alzheimer's patient to run the country and his cocaine-addicted son to be living in the White House with access to secure areas and sensitive information. Now, apparently, Boebert also revealed that the key was missing. So whoever has that key is probably the person who hid that cocaine In The White House Uh, and I suggest uh, once more, it's likely that it's Hunter Biden. So here is a a short summary of the actual briefing given by the Secret Service. Uh, Boebert said what we're told is that there are 182 lockers on the wall of the foyer in the West Wing for individuals to put items in. And this was found in locker number 50. And the key is currently missing. Uh, There is no collateral system in place. uh, If There is no assigning of lockers. And this was one of the main concerns that I raised to Secret Service. We need to be able to track individuals and which locker they're using. And I believe that there needs to be screening in place. If you don't believe that they already do that, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. All right you guys I'd like to switch gears now uh, and uh, and and talk just a little bit about the submersible that uh, went down near the Titanic that would be the Ocean gate uh, small submarine. We have an animation of what it likely looked like when their submarine imploded and then I actually have a transcript of the likely last communications uh, it indicates that the sub was traveling to the bottom of the ocean at a rate of speed that was far too fast, much faster than they were designed to travel at. <clears throat> so that could have given um, perhaps uh, some, some properties weakening the hull uh, because the the pressure was just increasing uh, at a rate that was far too quick. Um, also it uh, seems that uh, there was uh, there was about 18 minutes where the passengers would have known that uh, there was some type of a problem. It also sounds like there was some malfunction of their equipment which allowed them to go down and then come back up. So the dialogue on the transcript begins at 7:52 a.m. Uh, and that's when the ship Tells the passengers on the uh, the the Ocean Gate submersible that they're clear for descent to go down to Titanic, and they the ship says enjoy the dive, gentlemen. Uh, and then they ask for a systems check. They give them the green light to proceed. Uh, Titan says all systems are functioning normally. We're in good shape. Continuing our descent as planned. That is at eight thirty four a.m. Uh, And remember, every 15 minutes, they're supposed to relay back what's going on. About 15 minutes later, they confirm that all systems are stable and that their descent is continuing as planned. Uh, Once they get 75 minutes into the descent, they say that everything's under control and they're enjoying the ride. But then 10 minutes later, things start to go awry Uh, at 928 in the transcript. The crew on Titan says that there is an alarm from the RTM, which is the real-time monitoring system. And then everyone up above and in the sub agrees that they should abandon their descent and start making their way up. However, I said that they were going down way too fast. Well, uh, it appears that they were going up way, way too slow. Uh, Again, with those changes in pressure, I think that perhaps they were trying to equalize the pressure as it was pressing down on the hull, uh, or they may have had some type of uh, malfunction of the thrusters allowing them to go up and down. Um, And as they are providing their final update, uh, they say that uh, they are showing all red. There was also a point at which in between there, once they recognized that something was wrong, they said that they were hearing crackling noises coming from the aft portion of the sub. That probably was the pressure from uh, outside the submarine beginning to degrade uh, the carbon fiber and uh, titanium hull. Uh, so after at uh, after the announcement that they're all red, well, that means all of their alarms are going off, at 9.50 a.m., uh, the ship up top says, we're not receiving you. Update, please. And then continues, we are unable to read you. We're moving to recovery coordinates. Report if you read. And then at 9.57 a.m., the transcript ends, and it says, please respond if you're able. So although they may have been aware for roughly 20 minutes that something was definitely very, very wrong, the actual implosion would have taken place in just a moment. So here, let's go ahead and, uh, and take a look at the likely implosion of the what stub. is an implosion let me just make this a little bit bigger here on screen and actually we're not going to go through the
3: whole thing but uh let's go ahead and take a listen what is an implosion implosion is a process of destruction by collapsing inwards of the object itself where explosion expands implosion contracts in the case of the titan submergible the implosion was caused due to very high hydrostatic pressure of the surrounding water which happened within a fraction of a millisecond, as shown in the animation. At the depth the Titanic rests, there is around 5,600 pounds per square inch of pressure. That's almost 400 times the pressure we experience on the surface. As the submersible is deep in the ocean, it experiences the force on its surface, due to the water pressure. When this force becomes larger than the force hull can withstand, the vessel implodes violently. But why did this implosion happen to the Titan submersible? Existing technology is based on steel, titanium, and aluminum. These are what kept other submarines from being crushed. But the Titan has had an experimental design. It used mostly carbon fibers, which have the advantage of being lighter than titanium or steel. The properties of carbon fibers for deep-sea applications are, however, not that well understood. It can crack.
0: Not that well understood. Well, they actually understand that... Carbon fiber cannot be used to withstand pressure at depth. The Navy has attempted for years to build submarines that are made out of carbon fiber because it does have strong tensile properties. When you are pulling on carbon fiber, it's very, very strong. Uh, But when you're pushing on carbon fiber, it's very, very brittle. Uh, So uh, although the gentleman who made this submarine was a bit of a trailblazer if you will i think that it was uh, a remarkably uh, poor decision making on his behalf so uh it's it's sad it's sad but i think that's probably the last we're going to hear about the titan submarine all right uh, thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, we've got a couple more stories I wanted to go into. Uh, Filter Dog One says three x three times. Is there a drug dealer in the White House? <clears throat> yeah, one of the things that I heard is that uh, the use of illicit drugs is uh, rampant among Biden's White House staff. Remember, he's hiring uh, Gen Z party kids, right? I mean, he's got people in there. Look at the the guy. What is his name? The 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 monkeypox czar. My mom sent me this crazy story about this guy. Uh hang on just a second. Let me actually bring this up because I meant to speak about it the other day and I never got to it. Um so Biden's monkeypox czar uh is a uh he's he's an occultist, he's a Satanist. He and his lover own a gym that used to be a gay bar uh, and uh, they are constantly taking pictures of themselves, you know, in all kinds of compromising situations where they're like partying and stuff like that. So just imagine like a a gay club (laughs) with all the alcohol and the cocaine and the poppers uh, and that's happening inside the White House. Totally. So. Uh, here we go. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we discuss this. There is actually in California right now a bill that's been uh, put forth by Republican legislators, uh, which is related to child trafficking. This is important because we have Hollywood and the mainstream attempting to make you believe that the sound of freedom uh, is a wild conspiracy theory that's related to a uh, 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 debunked rumors about Hillary Clinton keeping children in the basement of a pizza place in Washington, D.C. However, the people who made Sound of Freedom were actually former government employees who had uh, specifically themselves gone out and saved children from the horrific, horrific network of child traffickers that exist all around the world. We're talking about Global elites with a lot of money because they're running child trafficking networks who use that money to probably enrich and ingratiate themselves and enter the types of uh, upper crust of the uh, elites, people like Gavin Newsom. And I'm not saying Gavin Newsom is a child trafficker, but it's likely that there are people he associates with who are interested in child trafficking, maybe who are profiting off of it. So Democrats are trying to block this bill. Because obviously Democrats are uh, the ones who are benefiting from child trafficking. Either they are uh, pedophiles themselves or they are just making money off of the pedophiles who buy these kids. There's no other logical thing that you can come to uh, when you understand that it's Republicans who are trying to protect children and the Democrats who are trying to keep children available for child sex trafficking. So. This bill is SB 14. It uh, notes that the California leads the nation in reported cases of human trafficking of minors. That is not the type of uh, statistic that you want to come out on top in. The inclusion of trafficking of a minor uh, would become a serious felony it would make that crime ineligible for plea bargaining in most circumstances and would require the crime to be included under the state's 1990s era three strikes law, which would allow for life imprisonment for three felonies. So I think that makes a lot of sense. If you get caught trafficking children one, two, three times, you can go to prison for the rest of your life. Great. I think you should make them eligible for the death penalty. Now, the Public Safety Committee, which is led by an assemblyman who happens to be a Democrat, Reggie Jones-Sawyer, has now declined to advance the bill. Uh, the idea of human trafficking is not a conspiracy theory. It's a factual conspiracy that people like these Democrat, rep- uh, uh, Democrat representatives in California, the assemblymen, they, like they engage in. Um, take a look at uh, our, our old friend, um Oh, gosh, what was his name? The the guy that was good friends with Hillary Clinton and Ed Buck. Take a look at Ed Buck. I think that he would be considered among the elite sickos that probably want to ensure children are uh, able to be trafficked and keep California on top of the child trafficking game. Uh, the San Francisco Chronicle is now reporting that Gavin Newsom is intervening with legislators to help save the bill. Kind of shocking, actually. Uh, This is not something that Gavin Newsom would normally do, but uh, the leader of the California Assembly is saying that they're working with him, uh, with another conservative lawmaker, so that they can increase criminal consequences for child sex trafficking, uh, despite the fact that Democrats want to ensure that People can do that unencumbered. Now, uh, this is, of course, uh, coming after Gavin Newsom and other state leaders uh, have received valid criticism because they are soft on crime. Uh, It's not just child sex trafficking that California Democrats uh, want to allow to continue. They want all crime to be at the highest levels that you possibly can. This is devastating for the people of California who can't leave. Uh, The property crime rates uh, are kind of low in comparison to recent uh, decades, but overall crime itself is rising. And that's on top of drug abuse, uh, homelessness, and of course, child sex trafficking. So uh, Gavin Newsom would like for this bill to actually get passed. Uh, And uh, although he's not real tough on crime, this is the kind of crime that I think uh, a bipartisan agreement can be made on. And if he has any hopes of being a presidential contender for the Democrats in 2024, he's going to have to do something about the impression that he and California Democrats uh, are perfectly happy allowing this type of criminal activity to just uh, continue unabated. Now, uh, this is actually uh, a story that I wouldn't normally cover here, but it it has to do with the situation taking place in California. If you guys are uh, beer aficionados, then you might know about Anchor Steam Beer. This is uh, America's first craft brewery. Uh, They're based in San Francisco. And although I don't drink anymore, uh, I did enjoy Anchor Steam Beer um, back when I did. Uh, Now, they have been a fixture of the San Francisco uh, scene since, I don't know, for over almost 130 years. Uh, And now, as a result of a, a number of different factors, they're forced to close their doors. Uh, the brewery itself is shutting down. They are ceasing operations. You're not going to be able to get Anchor Steam any longer. Uh, and uh, and this is as a result of declining sales. I mean, essentially, shutting down their business during the pandemic uh, killed them, and uh, they never recovered from it. They weren't available in stores widely, uh, but they were widely available in bars and pubs all across America. That's where the majority of their sales were coming from. Uh and when everything shut down during the scamdemic, uh, well, unfortunately, it shut down all of the revenue that they were able to bring in as well. So, uh, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. I'm sh- excuse me. I'm sure it doesn't help that uh, crime and uh, and and property theft and and you know homelessness is is out of control in San Francisco. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't help that uh, there are roving bands of uh, of of hoop cleaners that have to come into your business and wash the excrement off of the front stoop Uh, with uh, with Anchor Steam beer. This is just another symptom of the uh, destruction of California and uh, destruction of of business and industry all across the United States of America in general. Uh, So unfortunately, they are going the way of the dodo. (laughs) Here is another story that I thought was pretty funny, this is a narrative that the mainstream media has been trying to get off the ground for some time now, but it looks like they have finally leaned into it with MSNBC suggesting that physical fitness is an integral aspect of white supremacy you guys have seen American History X. I mean, Edward Norton was jacked in that movie, and I'm certain that he was jacked because he was a white supremacist. It probably had nothing to do with the fact that he was in prison for a while and he had to, I don't know, uh, take care of himself while he was in there. But anyways, so MSNBC wrote this op-ed saying that the far right uh, has the advantage of pandemic at home fitness. They they used This as a methodology to push white supremacy. I mean, think about uh, all of the the, uh, white supremacist weightlifting channels that you see online. Oh, you know, no wait, I don't remember a single one. I don't think I've ever seen somebody connecting white supremacy and physical fitness. But I will tell you this. I've seen a lot of people on the left trying to spin this narrative Uh, inside that op ed. They say it appears the far right. "...has taken advantage of pandemic at-home fitness trends to expand its decade-plus radicalization of physical mixed martial arts and combat sports spaces. Physical fitness has always been central to the far right. Take Mein Kampf, for instance." Hitler fixated on boxing and jujitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions whose aggressive spirit and impeccably trained bodies combined with fanatical love of the fatherland would do more for the German nation than any mediocre tactical weapons training. Oh my gosh, this is some extreme levels of reaching here. They continued to say that fitness, of course, is a staple and a hobby for many people, for whom it is enjoyable and rewarding for brain health and overall well-being. Physical fitness channels dopamine, adrenaline, and serotonin in ways that literally feel good. I think that this has a lot to do with the powers that be trying to make people physically unwell, make them depressed, make them fat. Think about all the fat acceptance that's going on right now. Uh, And it says intertwining those feelings with hateful and dehumanizing ideas while promoting the concept that physical warriors are needed to create the strength and dominance to defend one's people from a perceived enemy makes for a dangerous and powerful cocktail of radicalization. Yeah, also, if you're fat and lazy and unable to lift things or to protect yourself and your family. Well, then, of course, you are a lot more easily conquered. And that's, of course, what the deep state would like. They want us to be unwell. They want us to be eating processed foods with uh, ingredients that we can't pronounce. They want us to be depressed. They want us to never get out of bed or lift a finger if the Gestapo of the deep state show up at our front doors. It's a ridiculous argument for them to make. Uh, to try to connect physical fitness with white supremacy. Uh, And look at this, Joe Rogan commenting on it. Being healthy is far right. Holy fuck. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Elon Musk says parody and reality are becoming indistinguishable. MSNBC, MSNBC thinks you're a Nazi if you work out. Uh, somebody on uh, Twitter responds to him. I was doing pushups and suddenly a swastika tattoo appeared on my chest. Where thing I'm prone? <laughs> I'm prone on the couch, eating potato chips, hoping it will go away. Uh, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, t- t- uh, it ain't youngling. Oh, pappy 45. Yeah. From what I understand, uh, I, I don't know that youngling is considered a craft beer. Uh, anchor steam. It's, uh, you know, it's like one of those bitter brown beers. Viewer 12 says, you're the man, Zach. You have the most professional program by far, in my opinion. We all appreciate what you do. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate you saying that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting my mission to bring you the best quality information and analysis that I possibly can. Uh, So yesterday we did a fair amount of discussion regarding Christopher Ray's testimony before uh, the Oversight Committee today. It was John Kerry who had the opportunity uh, to testify. And of course, you know, we're talking about hypocrisy. You can't help but bring up John Kerry in that case. Uh, And uh, apparently the the conversation got just a little bit testy. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to uh, a small sampling of that. John Kerry being asked about who is who's really running things, who's really running things in the White House. Is it Joe Biden or is it somebody else?
1: Deputy envoy for climate.
0: I have
4: two deputies, and uh, they are well-known. They're very experienced people, Rick Duke and uh, Sue Biniaz. But I'm not going to go through all the Rick names Rick Duke here. and who? Mr. Chairman, Sue Biniaz, who's one of the most experienced negotiators in the world. Mr. Chairman, let me just say to you. Deputy? Mr. Chairman, I'm not going to fill them in here in this way because that would be a violation of our process within the State Department.
1: You're not going to
4: tell us who's I'm not going to go office. through
0: them by name because that second. is not the— Does he work in the State Department still? Is the climate envoy—he's like a climate czar. Is he officially employed by the State Department? I know that he ran the State Department under Barack Obama for a time, didn't he? I mean— and, and of course, the State Department has a very close relationship with the clowns in America. So it, is John Kerry just another CIA stooge? I think that might be the possible answer to this. Also, his face is finally starting to relax after all these years. My God
4: required process of the State Department. Who's the principal deputy for climate in your office? As I just said to you, Mr. Chairman. Who's the Chief of I am going to go through the normal process. Now, an algorithm kicked out
1: that date. The, the one you're referring to. I'm not going to argue about view. it, Mr. Kerry, Secretary Kerry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue about it. You said you're not going to answer. You're not going to answer. It's par for the course. No, I'm like going to answer there was a four-year the process. Request. 2021 said it wasn't going to be answered until 2024. I'm not going to spend my time arguing about it. You said you're not going to answer now. Mr. Chairman, don't, don't just it. cut me
4: off. What I'm trying to do is tell you I'm going to follow the process of the State Department, which is normally followed. Where there are circumstances requiring that someone know who the person is, the State Department has complied and, and done every that. every
1: office, every where consular, there is not every a bureau, requirement they have a that they, hierarchy. You where go there into is the military base, it says Joe Biden, it says the secretaries, it says there's a hierarchy. This is standard practice for government. You're we not have presented it's not with practice. the congressional notification enough. I want to point another arrow on my office, chart here, Mr. Secretary. We presented just help us out? that answer. Do you answer to the executive office of the president or do you answer to Secretary Blinken? Because I have emails. I respond
4: directly to the President of the United States, but directly to the President. That is correct, but with the Secretary, with Secretary Blinken, uh,
1: completely informed and aware of everything. But you don't answer to Blinken. Thank you. It's good. We just need
0: to know. We just need. We just need to know who you're actually working for, John clear that John Kerry is not in the habit of answering questions. I mean, he is the one who's out there basically running things. I mean, he's running the the climate scam For the United States of America. What's also funny is that, you know, we can't talk about John Kerry without once again mentioning the brilliant levels of hypocrisy that are on display. As the climate czar, John Kerry wants us to believe that we must curb our use of, quote, fossil fuels or traditional sources of energy. Now, Uh, Of course, that doesn't apply for people like John Kerry himself, who flies everywhere private. He only takes private jets when he goes back and forth to Davos or even across the United States from Washington, D.C. to the East Coast or wherever it is that he's leaving living right now as he's testifying about saving our planet and telling us that we must sacrifice, uh, it uh, it becomes more and more clear that John Kerry is a – he's part of a special club. He believes that he was part of a select group of human beings who were called to save the planet, that he is going to stop global warming on his own. I don't know how he's going to stop global warming by – cozying up to the Shy Comms, the communist Chinese. They're the biggest abusers of the environment as far as any measure. They're using more coal than anybody else on the face of planet Earth. They're producing more coal, while at the same time, the United States are the ones who are being forced to sacrifice. And, and staggeringly, it gets worse. We're going to continue on with that. But John Kerry would have you believe that carbon offset credits uh, allow him to fly privately everywhere and, uh, and it allows him to essentially have no effect on the internet, he said, we don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I've personally never owned a private jet. And obviously it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. Honestly, if that's where you want to go there, let's go ahead and take a listen to this. Because we've seen John Kerry on private jets. How can he, how can he look people straight in the eye and tell them that he's not flying private when we can freaking see it?
4: Lies that I hear which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. Just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there.
0: Show the picture. Believe me. Chair now
1: recognizes Mr. Kim. Chair now recognizes Mr. Kim. Persistent.
0: So what about that private jet That you fly on. Look at this. Here's here's some uh, reporting from uh, earlier in the timeline. This is from 2021. John Kerry's family still owns private jets as he leads the climate fight. Now, that's coming from the Federal Aviation Administration. That's coming from an official government source. Here we have a series of additional reports. John Kerry sued, slammed over absurd refusal to share details of his climate staff. Four hundred and fifteen days and counting, and John Kerry won't release climate office details. That's why he was having such a difficult time answering questions for the congressman about who works for whom. Biden posts West Wing salaries, but John Kerry keeps his hidden. Oh, that's something else I forgot to mention. The monkeypox czar, the 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 gay clubbing guy. Uh, He is the highest paid, officially recognized employee inside Joe Biden's White House. The highest paid individual is somebody whose sole job is to make sure you don't get monkeypox. That is ridiculous. And they won't tell us how much John Kerry gets because I would probably hazard a guess that he gets paid more than the monkeypox guy. Here's John Kerry on his family's private jet. He may not personally own one. But semantics tell us that somebody does. It's definitely John Kerry's family. Here he is, new climate czar John Kerry said taking his family's private jet to a climate change conference in Iceland in 2019 was the only choice for somebody like me. John Kerry would like for you to believe that he's not actually flying private, although we know better. All right. So, John Kerry uh, once again being exposed for completely lying about what he does and how he behaves. Now, I have another story, real quick, that I wanted to mention, and it's uh, highly relevant right now because uh, we're in the midst of uh, an incredible heat wave across many states uh, of our country. Uh, I I had to drive for like a half hour earlier today before the show. Uh, My air conditioning could not get hot enough to make the car cold. It was uh, stiflingly hot. And uh, it looks like things are only going to get worse, not because of climate change, but because of decisions being made by regulatory bodies inside the Biden regime. They're looking to cut our HFC consumption by 40% in the next four years. Why is that important? Well, when it's hot, Many of us have access to something called air conditioning. It's not new to the United States. It happens everywhere across this nation and in every nation on planet Earth. Even in third world countries, they can get air conditioning units. Well, by cracking down on the use of hydrofluorocarbons, which are the main ingredient in the air conditioning units that allow you to remain cool and have a temperature controlled environment, the same type of temperature controlled environment that they have in every single federal building. And of course, in the private residences of the president and his cabinet level members, the HFC, if it's going to be reduced, then that means that there is going to be a tightening of regulations on where it can be used. And That means that there's likely going to be a shortened supply or a restricted supply of air conditioning units, which means that you, the plebs of America, are just going to have to tough it out. You're just going to have to be uh, as hot as uh, the Biden regime believes that you should be. They claim that hydrofluorocarbons are in, in the same category of greenhouse gases uh, that uh, that affect the ozone layer and, and uh, make it possible for the earth to get hotter. They're also used in refrigeration units. Every single person in America has a refrigerator. Uh, this is just uh, an aspect of living in a first world nation. I would say that most residences in the United States and certainly every residence in Florida and every residence in California has a, at least a window air conditioning unit, if not central air conditioning. It is an essential part of living in a climate that is subtropical or that is uh, in the desert. If you don't have access to an air conditioning unit, uh, then you're looking at people potentially dying from heat stroke. This reduction in HFC will be on top of the already 10% drop in HFC consumption that was implemented in 2022. So from 2021 to four years from now when they implement the 40% reduction, we will have reduced our our usage of these things by 50%. Uh, This was part of the 2020 American Innovation and Manufacturing Act that set this uh, artificial uh, and arbitrary goal to reduce the production and consumption of HFCs by 85% by 2036. This is as they tell us, to prevent a half a degree Celsius increase in global temperature by the next century. Now, if we are standing to have our entire world collapse, what, AOC, she said a couple of years, it was 12 years, so what, we got, we got maybe six to eight years before the whole world is going to collapse? Then why in the hell would we even be caring about reducing our HFC consumption uh, by 80, 30, by 2036? The world's gonna be, uh, it's going to be over by that time. Everything will be done. Uh, I think that uh, the obvious answer is that that none of these people know what they're talking about. The the climate scam is not real. Uh, This is simply another method that they can use to control us and uh, the way that we live. You better believe that if we no longer have access to refrigerant uh, for our food or for our HVAC systems, the federal government is still going to be nice and cool. Uh, They're not going to have to worry about this stuff. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, X Xker8, he says, we won't need air conditioning when he blocks out the sun. Plus, there won't be any solar making the electricity to run the AC. That's an excellent point. You're absolutely right. Chemtrails, yes, chemtrails. Uh, also, thank you very much to uh, Tough Life, who says, makes me want to work out. Absolutely. I, I actually, uh, uh, I've been working out. I don't know if you guys can tell, but uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to pack out a little bit of muscle here. Anyways, I hurt my arm and uh, I was unable to, uh, to lift weights uh, earlier today. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I get my, my range of motion back here soon. Uh, Filter dog one. Thank you very much again. It's a boiling 72 here on the left coast of Oregon. Al- Algorithm Q says, yeah, it's uh, it was like 95 or higher earlier today. All right, you guys, uh, one final piece of information. After that incredible testimony and, and the treatment that Christopher Ray received uh, by the uh, various Republicans on that oversight committee, uh, Jim Jordan finally gives us one more piece of wonderful news. I don't know if this is just a threat or if this is something that could actually be carried through. But Jim Jordan has suggested moving the FBI out of Washington, D.C. and to some place like Alabama, where it is very, very hot. And, uh, of course, working at the FBI, allowing you to live and work in Washington, D.C. and be part of the D.C. elite class, uh, that carries with it a certain connotation. Now, if they forced all of the FBI to move down to Alabama, well, that would be a different beast altogether. So... He's suggesting that they should move them from Washington, D.C. down to Alabama or someplace else in this country, uh, an area that they are allegedly supposed to be serving and representing. Alabama, I think, is a, a great idea. So. Also, he's suggesting a change in a number of leadership roles, which would be great for the Bureau and perhaps help in adjusting their mission and the way that they implement their various policies uh, and uh, and hopefully stop them from twisting the laws and regulations of the United States uh, to target people like us and the political enemies of the current regime. I think Jim Jordan is uh, is on to something when he suggests this, and I think that Uh, As a uh, uh, the the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, he has the actual power to do this. He said the committee remains concerned about the politicization of federal law enforcement power emanating from the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., The centralization of FBI operations in the national capital region has led to duplication of activity best left to the respective field offices, contributed to reduced autonomy in local field offices, and allowed improper political influence to taint law enforcement investigations and activity." uh FBI is not the only agency that has a number of redundancies uh also should be just completely wiped off the face of the earth we can have individual FBI field offices all over the country they can handle those respective areas uh if they are not uh, focused on these overarching political designs and uh being uh, uh swayed by politicians and bureaucrats i think that they would probably do a much better idea uh, the FBI actually already considers uh, the uh, headquarters in Huntsville, Alabama, to be their secondary HQ. Uh, think about how much money we would save if they just shut down the FBI's operation in Washington, D.C. Uh, looks like we also, from the House Judiciary, they say there's already a runway for Christopher Ray's private jet. Remember, he also tends to fly private let's get rid of a large portion of these federal agencies uh we have a ton of redundancy all across the federal government we spend more money than we bring in uh hold on pj corrigan says definitely can't tell you can't tell me what buddy Mm, hold on hold on you guys have to explain this to me Uh, Look into Arnicare gel. Uh, It's just a couple of bucks at most stores and made from Arnica flowers. I I think I actually have some of that around, um, but we're in the process of uh, remodeling our bathroom. And so all of our various like medicines and stuff are all over the place. Uh, Hold on. PJ Corrigan, I don't know what uh, you were referring to, but uh, if you can tell me, I, 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 I implore you to tell me anything that uh, you may have information on. Defund, de- disband all three-letter agencies. Yes, I think we need to. I think that we probably could do away with. 50 to 75 percent of the federal government, Uh, all of those various uh, tasks can be performed at the state level uh, in in a much more targeted fashion. We can get rid of the Department of Education altogether. We could get rid of uh, all of the three-letter agencies, the CIA, the FBI, so on and so forth. Uh, Okay. uh, yeah, thank you very much, Rose Thistle. I appreciate it. It's it's much better today than it was yesterday. I, I had a, a lot of problems lifting things yesterday. But, yes, uh, continuing on here, I don't think there's any more thank yous that I need to give over on uh, the foxhole. I think that over on Ko-Fi, there may be something. I think I saw something earlier. Ko-Fi. Um, no, I just uh, LKW across from a couple of days ago, and that's it. All right, you guys, uh, let me go ahead and pass out these gold pills. Uh, I'm going to be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. with uh, our good friend Tommy Robinson. Thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us today. If you would not mind, hit that like button on your way out. We've got 3,500 people here, and... 469 thumbs up with uh, four trolls in the audience uh, don't like the program. So uh, regardless of whether or not you appreciate the work that I do, thank you for giving me the view uh, and thank you for uh, uh, contributing to Rumble's algorithm. So yes, please join me tomorrow night at 9 PM Eastern and uh, also if you uh, can Uh, Before we go, let me actually real briefly tell you about the final sponsors of the program. I keep forgetting to do this, but uh, that would be our friends over here at onenessdrops.com. Onenessdrops.com is where you can purchase your chlorine dioxide water purification kits. When you use code RP78, you will get... 15% off of your entire order. Uh, And, of course, chlorine dioxide is great for killing pathogens. It's great for making non-potable water safe for you to drink. Uh, If you have it in your go bag, then it's there when you need it. Uh, If you have it in your medicine cabinet, in case your water purification system goes down, you would be able to make uh, clean drinking water. If you live in a city and uh, the municipal water system is not pumping out drinkable water, then you can use chlorine dioxide in the mirror miracle of chemistry allows you to create this miracle substance, also known as the universal antidote, to kill all kinds of nasty bugs and make it safe for you to drink. Onenessdrops.com. Use code RP78. Save 15%. Also, you can save $80 off a four-week supply of emergency food at preparewithredpill78.com. This is a, uh, a, a wide array of food. You're talking about 16 different varieties of food, breakfast, lunches, and dinners has an over 25-year shelf life. You get free shipping and handling, and it's over 2,000 calories a day. So it's more than enough for a single person to eat for an entire month. You need to have something on hand for both you and your family members. Uh, And uh, this comes in a variety of different deals. But $80 off on a four-week kit is uh, is a killer deal. Uh, It's better than the $200 off the three-month supply. And uh, right now you can get it shipped directly to your home in a waterproof container. It'll be there very quickly. Prepare with redpill78.com. And then finally, uh, my friend Mike Lindell, who also has another election integrity event coming up in mid-August that I will also be attending in Missouri. Uh, This will be uh, another incredible event. Mike Lindell is uh, perhaps coming on the show to talk to us about it, but right now you can go to MyPillow.com, use code RP78 to save up to 80% off of Mike's incredible, incredible stuff, whether it's the MyPillow mattress, the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow 2.0, the Giza Dream sheets, uh, the bath towels, the bed sheets, the beach towels, the slip All of these items, when you purchase them from MyPillow.com and use my special code RP78, you will be supporting Mike Lindell and his mission to uh, effect a a change in our election system. But of course, you'll also be supporting my mission here at Red Pill 78 on Red Pill News uh, to give you uh, the best possible news and information that we can uh, you know, salty zero, uh, retro rifle. I don't think that they, uh, want to advertise on my channel, but yeah, that would be something that would be pretty cool. All right, you guys, thank you once again, have a wonderful day, uh, passed out the gold pills. So we're all good. I'll be back tomorrow, 9 PM Eastern. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you then.